yeah, it's kind of a ritual of welcoming into the family. Once uh-huh. you get wooden shoes, you're stuck you're with in. us. You're in. You're not getting out. <laughs> Welcome to With You Podcast. I'm David, a marriage and family therapist and professor. And I'm Tara, a doula and childbirth educator. Yeah, we've been married 30 years and have four kids that we've raised. And we love to talk about relationships and life transitions. So we hope you'll join us. Hey there. So today we are going to talk about Traditions and rituals. Tradition. <laughs> Tradition. I don't think we can sing anymore <laughs> no, or we have not, to pay no, royalties. No yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Too and expensive. people might stop listening. <laughs> <laughs> we are really excited to talk about this because it's kind of an important part of our family life. And at time of recording, we're entering the holiday time. So we're thinking a lot about family traditions rituals and rites of passage that's right and how they like why are they important and for us they're important for a bunch of different reasons what are those reasons david well what those (laughs) reasons are well because i think the the first thing is we do them together rituals are things that we do that help us with a sense of belonging yeah so i mean there's a difference between traditions and rituals and rites of passage they're all related what do you think of when you think of a tradition? Like, what's one of the first things? You... I, I think of holidays. I, yeah. I think the... A lot of people have traditions around holidays. Every kind of holiday, even like July 4th, Halloween, yeah. like all of them. Because I think traditions usually for us revolve around food. So when we think about yes. traditions, I think about food. <laughs> food, that's definitely what we think of first. <laughs> yeah. Like 4th of July, we're going to have a picnic and uh, might go to the beach. Yeah. And, but it's it's doing those things together. It's around certain kinds of food and who prepares them and what you remember from yeah. the about, years past. How about for you when you think of traditions? Well, I think of cultural things too, for me. Yeah. Because I've lived in a few different cultures. And so there's a, a lot of things that t- traditions that come down, not just from your family of origin that get passed on, but from your whole culture and your whole, you know, family line, wherever you came from. Well, that's they like get passed down. when we were living in Hungary, no one knew about Thanksgiving. <laughs> Go figure. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. It's like, where do you get the turkey? And they're like, why are you eating turkey? <laughs> we don't, we don't we sell don't turkeys do here. That. Remember how hard it was to find turkey? Yeah. Yeah. I, that, I was pretty proud of the meal that I came up with for Thanksgiving in yeah. Europe. I had to be very creative. Well, the, uh, the oven and the refrigerator were about the size. size. Yeah. Yeah. It was like (laughs) one of those, uh, easy bake ovens. Yeah. And, and you did, cause we had a bunch of Fulbrights. Yeah. We had American um, student teachers, Fulbright students over and tried to recreate an American Thanksgiving meal. So that was fun. So that's, I mean, that's a very American tradition. There's a lot of family traditions around food and Thanksgiving. Yeah, I was thinking about culture, like our culture and then other cultures. Yeah. You don't have that. Yeah, no, they have different holidays. Like in in Hungary, geese were being sold. Yeah. (laughs) For Christmas. St. Martin's Day. things around fish and, you know. So there's a lot of different, I mean, and we're thinking of, yes, the foods. Yeah, yeah. So we're still on. Yeah, we're so still on traditions food. do tend to, to center around, I think, holidays, maybe rites of passage or family gatherings. Yeah. They're, and meals that are shared for 
different celebrations. Because even though we're talking about food, it's about relationships. I mean, it's, it's us getting together, spending time together, whether it's with our kids or with our extended families or with friends. So yeah. like, I think a lot of times traditions are what help us circle around together and spend yeah. time together. When I was thinking about this, I was thinking for our family, traditions are what helped us create affection and connection. Oh, that's really that's nice. Good, right? I like that. Should yeah. I coin that? I think you should. <laughs> affection and connection. It, they were all things that enhanced that yeah. because that's what we were going for. Well, and that's when, when we talk about them then, when we talk about tradition, it always st- stimulates memories. So there's yeah. kind of the time together, yeah. there's the meaning making, and then there's it re recreates the memory or connects back to the memory. Yeah. And when you say that, that reminds me, it does, it ties into story and how those things get passed down mm. through story. Yeah. You know, you sit around at, at Thanksgiving or whatever and, and tell the stories of, remember when grandma did this when she was a teenager or you pass on those stories and that's how they get orally kind of told in the family tree. Yeah. And I think it, when you bring families together, you then take those stories and figure out which ones are you going to hold on to, which mm-hmm. memories, which meaning making are important and which ones do you let go of mm-hmm. and maybe make new ones. Yeah. And then when we became a family, yeah, we had to decide which traditions are we going to keep yeah. in our own family. Because we had very different cultural, well, similar and yet different cultural backgrounds. Mm-hmm. You had the Australian convict Kind okay. of. I always go back to my convict history. Well, I just want people to know that you're naughty because I get misunderstood as naughty. Yeah. And, you know, you have to understand it comes a long line for Tara of naughtiness. <laughs> but yeah, so Australian, Kenyan, yeah. Dutch, British. Yeah. And yet a lot of overlap with our yeah. faith traditions and things. Well, and that's the, that's the other thing. Traditions are anchored, not just in culture and family, but uh, faith backgrounds. Faith background for sure. That brings in a lot of tradition because it comes from way back yeah, and gets passed along. But that sometimes is mixed up with rituals. So we're talking about rituals too. And some ritual is just basically something you do over and over, but it's also, it could, there's a lot of meanings to what a ritual could be. Yeah. I think family rituals happen around the tradition. So uh, like a ritual of having stuffing with uh, giblets <laughs> in it, right? A that's ritual. a that's a ritual. <laughs> that's that, your request. <laughs> well, I think it's a ritual. Giblets for anybody listening, you know the the guts of the turkey, the innards, the organs that should not be consumed. <laughs> <laughs> Something David wants in his stuffing, mm. and so I make a separate batch that has the organs in it. Ah, so Most tasty. of us prefer mm. the other kind you know, without that, the giblets. That irony taste to the <laughs> stuffing, so good. Yeah. Uh, but so we have, yeah, we have rituals, which are kind of the behaviors that sit, I think, within, within tradition. And there's, so here's the, the kind of, uh, academic aside that mm-hmm. there's, there's some really good research on the effects of family tradition or family rituals within traditions. And there was this, uh, meta-analysis that was done over 50 years of research studies brought together on family rituals. And there was three main ideas and kind of, we've been talking around them, but it was increase kind of the parent, parent's sense of competence. So family rituals, family behaviors, it really helps us as parents have a sense of competence that we're anchored somewhere mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the ritual. So we, th- we talk about that and the daily kind of ideas of bedtime ritual and yeah. um, meal, family mealtime rituals. 
Yeah, that just reminded me of something I'll have to come back to later. Okay, let me quick remind go the me other. Remind about meals later. <laughs> remind you about meals. Well, we're, we're always about the food, <laughs> yeah, so I'm not oh, sure food. that's going to be hard. <laughs> uh, and then positive child adjustment. So what we see when there's family rituals, parents feel more competent. Kids have a better sense of adjustment because there's some regularity and some mm-hmm. uh, connection to something bigger than themselves, kind of our idea of perspective. Something predictable. Something predictable yeah. that's going to happen over and over. I know our kids were always looking forward to that. It was something mm-hmm. like our travel rituals. Yeah. Even around road trips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the last is, uh, what I think is the most important is positive marital satisfaction. <laughs> and I didn't say that creepy at all. <laughs> no, not no. at all. <laughs> if only they could see your face. We like, yeah, I'm, uh, <laughs> and the raised eyebrows. That's right. Ooh. So we, we feel better as uh, parents, kids adjust better and the couple's relationship is better when we well, have family rituals. That sounds like a win-win-win. Yeah. Yeah. So, so can we go back to meals? <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. But we were taught, we were thinking, we were thinking about this and thinking, what were our family traditions and things? Because we did come from sh- some shared things mm-hmm. from our families that we grew up in. But then we got to decide as 23 year olds, like what's going to be ours? What, what do we keep? What do we not really want to continue? And what just developed over time and out of survival and whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And one of the ones I want to talk about came out of survival for me. And I hadn't even thought of it when I was kind of doing our pre-show notes. Yeah. Yeah. But we, so we thought about traditions in terms of, what are some daily ones that people have? Yeah, yeah. And for us, when the kids were little, this does not apply now, but uh, it was around, we had a lot of traditions around bedtime. And I'd mm-hmm. like to say bedtime, bath time, and books. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> right? Yeah, like, I remember that. We always that wound down. That stimulates the memories. Yeah, we always wound down the day with having them on our laps or sitting around us on the couch reading mm-hmm. books. Yeah. And then bath time. You know, I know bath time can feel like a hassle for a mom of kids, but, you know, I just felt like it was a a good way to get them. Partly it was a ritual. It was like it was expected. It would happen after after dinner time. They were usually a mess after dinner time. And also just getting kids in water can change everything. It turns into play. It turns into relaxation. It's a good preparation for bedtime. So bedtime was not like a battle. It was like, oh, yay, I get to take a bath with all my toys and we also had even like um, waterproof books. Like we were big into the big stories. into books. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then around be- bedtime, it was like a special time of connection. It was never a punishment to go to your room. It was like a special time where we sat with them on their bed and prayed over them as we said good night. And then yeah. it it was always hard to kind of argue as they got older that you can't have books in the bathroom because we had books in the bathroom from the very beginning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, you're like, hey, stop reading in there. Yeah. That we was need... the thing I didn't know was a thing until we got married. <laughs> but we, we started with bath time yeah. and having books yeah. in there. So, and, and the bath time was different. I mean, so that was really young kids. You didn't give the kids baths when they were in middle school. No, no. No, it's, no yeah. That so was we, li- really little. Family traditions change yeah, over so time. Yeah, so they do change over time. Yeah, there comes a time when you no longer <laughs> bathe your children. <laughs> yeah, because you can get in trouble for that. But we still had b- bedtime routines, even when they were older. We did. Of some sort. Um, even if it was at some, at some time, it was us waiting up until they got home at one o'clock in the morning. And they'd say, yeah. mom, you didn't have to wait up. Yeah. 
I did. And it, and it, and <laughs> I want to say goodnight. It went to that kind of affection and connection that you talked about, mm-hmm. that the, the daily ones were places that we could connect. Like bedtime was hugs, kisses. There was affection. There was mm-hmm. checking in on the day, kind of high What are some lows. other daily routines that people – oh, the high-low thing. Some people do that. Yeah. Talk about what was your, your best moment in the day and your worst moment. Yep. And we would have mealtime ritual that we would have a question, right? People could ask questions and we would mm-hmm. have maybe Anything one. Anything goes at yeah. our dinner table. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the kids <laughs> stopped bringing friends over because of our <laughs> dinner time conversation. You gotta be prepped for that. But that was, that was another one around food, but it was about time connecting together. We made sure that we sat around the table and had a mm-hmm. conversation and it wasn't every day, but we made sure we did it at least a couple times a week. Yeah. I mean, we we are we were aspirationally wanting to do it every day of the week, but as you you know, as your kids grow and schedules get crazy and you have practices and things in the evenings, it gets almost impossible to do it every night, but making it sort of an expectation of when we're here we have dinner together. And that was that was a thing in parenting with you. I guess we're not done parenting, but in parenting with you, the really cool thing was to see how you would get creative of we'd have to shift over time as the kids developed mm-hmm. and their activities got different. We we didn't lose the rituals, but they kind of morphed and mm-hmm. you found ways to be creative to kind of change so reading time became kind of quiet reading time when they were an adolescent. It wasn't us reading with them, but there was that dedicated reading yeah. time or, but you, you would do that. And I think that's important for all of us to think about is we need to kind of not get stuck in this is the only thing we can do and developmentally yeah, change and let it, it over change time. And that's okay. That was one of the things I was thinking of before that I wanted to come back to, oh, to the meal, the meal thing. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because for whoever is the person in the family who's responsible for putting food on the table every night, that can be such a monotonous thing of family life. It can mm-hmm. be such a weight and a responsibility and a like just a groundhog's day over and over, like what you want to eat again. Like it can become <laughs> a burden. Yeah. And I felt that with ra- you know raising kids who are always hungry and always like, oh, what are we going to eat tonight? And then it becomes a it can become a thing that can become a conflict too, and yeah. can become something you feel shamed about because you can't cook every night, and so you're you're always scrambling and. So I gave myself a ritual that helped me have a structure. Oh, to, what was it? Do you, do you remember what this, I forget, it wasn't for a long time, but there was a number of years when the kids were really busy where I said, we were having meatless Mondays, taco Tuesdays, one pot Wednesdays. Uh, I forget what Thursday was. Maybe I gave myself a night off <laughs> and pizza was on Fridays. And, yeah. and I mean, pizza we still, was my, do, we still do pizza yeah, Fridays. Yeah, we still like, do pizza Fridays. And my parents did that. That was... Something that was like a... So just uh, just an aside, one of the best Pizza Fridays we have are when you get that non-bread, just mm-hmm. pre-made non-bread, you butter it, and then cheese, and you just... Oh, olive oil. Yeah. I don't know. I As you can see, I, mean, I don't spend a lot of time in the kitchen. <laughs> I am the taste tester. Uh, but that's yeah. a, an amazing... It was just fun. You found yeah. creative ways. And then we would make up different kids. toppings, and they could put them on themselves we went through a phase of the little personal pizzas where they're like egg um muffins and we had our own little personal pizzas Mm -hmm. that was horrible i don't remember that i must have blocked that out we got rid of that right away so (laughs) yeah so that was a way to give myself structure around that ritual i wanted to have but felt burdensome Mm -hmm. but it was important to me so i 
you know, gave myself a way to make it like not so just every night was what am I going to do? But it kind of put it into a narrower um, choice. Well, and and frankly, I think it was really helpful because when you're busy with young kids or busy with teenagers, it's even hard. I mean, I can remember where we had tears of like, what are we going to make for dinner? Like just stressed out by one more choice and that you had those days lined up. It was, it was known. Yeah. I mean, the, think ahead. the ritual, yeah. the grocery store, it's one pot Wednesday tomorrow. So I'll get stuff for chili yep. or whatever. And it yeah. just kind of freed up a little bit of the mental energy and was, was mm-hmm. good for us as parents. Yeah. So, yeah, so those are some of the daily rituals. Yeah, let's move on to, uh, to more weekly. weekly. Yeah, maybe weekly yeah. rituals. Yeah, I at first I thought week what would be weekly, but we really did have some. So we never lived in the same state as our parents. That's correct. When we were raising our kids, so we always wanted to check in with them, and that can always become a thing too. Like, when are we gonna? How long has it been since we talked to our parents? Or and so that became just a every Sunday. Yeah. Every Sunday is kind of check-in time. And it kind of morphed out of that's what I did when I was in college. I was in Wheaton. My parents were in Arizona. So we and, and we it was before cell phones. Yeah. And before so computers. We couldn't text you. <laughs> yeah. We couldn't do the we whole had a, email. A dial phone in the dorm room with a long swirly cord and they would call at a certain time on Sunday afternoon so I would be home and so it, it kind of just grew out of that. Yeah, I re- I think I remember that long cord sitting in the hallway so my roommate wasn't listening and mm-hmm. could talk in the hallway, <laughs> which was not any more private. It, as I think about it, that was stupid because uh, we're out in the major area, but we're having a conversation with the folks. And we, we kind of try to continue that, to have a weekly check-in with the kids because our kids are living all over the place now. Yeah, we've tried to continue that. So that's kind of a ritual. Then and there's then, our faith. Our faith background mm-hmm. helps us in terms of weekly worship. And so on Sundays is when we spend time in community. And that's really helpful. And it's it's a pattern that's really helpful with the kids, too, that they just knew, okay, Sundays, Sundays mm-hmm. we're going to church. We're spending time in Sunday school and church worship and and socializing with our friends. You know what I remember, too, now? We don't do this anymore, but we used to get the newspaper just on sun just the sunday edition oh that's right and that was part of our sunday morning ritual we'd all hand out parts of the paper and do yeah. the new york times crossword or whatever and well we'd, the popular and, parts were the comics the sports section and the crosswords and the arts and entertainment <laughs> and the arts and, and just the headlines yeah. not a whole lot <laughs> of the lot. meat in, no. in between no it was all the yeah. interaction pieces yeah yeah that was right i, I forgot know. about yeah. that yeah, that was a while ago. And when I was growing up, it was after Sunday, we uh, we would either have a potluck in the church basement with everybody, or we'd go to uh, a fast food restaurant. Uh-huh. Uh, you don't want to name, it, name no, names. <laughs> the, the person had a red hair <laughs> yeah. uh, and pigtails. So that was the restaurant we went to. <laughs> Is that Burger King? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not Burger King. I know, I just... I know. Actually, the Burger King, the Ronald McDonald, and Miss Wendy all had... <laughs> Red, red hair. hair oh weird yeah and it, hmm. Hmm. let's talk let's about that about no that. let's just keep <laughs> okay. going so, so there's the weekly ones and then the more uh annual oh no i still wanted to touch on one more weekly thing oh, and maybe this what? Is, this is a more? sign that we didn't talk about it because a weekly date night is something that a lot of couples do that's really connecting oh yeah that's right <laughs> and we weren't that good at that <laughs> no, to be honest no. when our kids were little we felt that's what got sacrificed. It did. And that's not 
that wasn't probably the right thing to no, sacrifice. We don't recommend that, <laughs> no, but we don't. man, we were just holding but on. But we get that we get the survival mode. That's kind of what we felt like we were in and probably a good thing to do in survival mo- mode is to double down on the affection and connection, but we we didn't we have didn't. much of a ritual. I think we're getting better at date night now that we're we have fewer kids in the house. Yeah, well, so and that's once a week we sit here and talk to each other. So <laughs> this is it. This is our date night. Welcome to our date night. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I think we also with our with our careers, a lot of times the nighttime wasn't available. So that's we did true. when they were in uh, when they were adolescents. Partly we got away we met just for breakfast. We met for breakfast, yeah. and we had to get away from the house because I don't know about the rest of you, but our kids had this interesting listening process <laughs> that they would uh, not be able to hear us when we said their names, but when we started talking quietly, they would participate in the conversation. Uh, so they didn't have a hearing problem; they had a listening problem. And for us to have any kind of personal, well, yeah, when they're teenagers, they stay up late. So like when they're little. Our kids had an earlier bedtime, so we had the evening time was usually quieter and we could kind of catch up with each other, talk, watch a show, Mm -hmm. have a glass of wine, whatever. When they were older, they're out, they're up later than you are. So there is always somebody around. There's not really that quiet connection time. So we had to, we did find a different way to do that. We would, when we dropped them off for school, if you were, if your academic schedule allowed it, we'd meet for breakfast. Yeah found other ways to have quiet time well and and our when our parents were near to us uh we would travel and that would be a getaway it wasn't a weekly thing but when i would teach abroad uh our parents would take care of the kids so you could come Mm -hmm. with and that was a that was a good getaway yeah but that wasn't a weekly thing no no, no, that was a sporadic. Yeah, thing. and that was much later in the in the life. Yeah, so that's kind of the week. Some of the weekly things we did, but we'd love to. We really okay. Let's just make an aside. We're kind of <laughs> sitting here talking like on our quote unquote date night, and we're sitting here just talking into an empty room. We would love feedback. We yeah. really, really would. We we hope we're talking to some people. Well, out just there. wait. I would. I would like good feedback. <laughs> Only good. Only good. But we'd love to hear just your rituals and traditions that have been connecting for your family. We'll talk about this at other times, and we'd love to share things that we never thought of or things that have worked in your family or that are culturally special for you. Yeah, and think think about daily, weekly, annually, and kind of that's associated with your faith or associated unique to a child's age. Yeah. That would be great. How How do they let us know about things? You can email us okay. at withyoupodcast oh. at gmail.com. We'll put it in the show notes. So check out the show notes. <laughs> okay. Or they could go to our website and reach us. You can go to our there website, too. withyouproject.com or withyoupodcast.com. Cool. Or okay. you could use the old dial-up phone. Service that goes, announcement. And call us, right? You can Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. No, email would be awesome. So now that we've we've already kind of gone through some some more frequent traditions and rituals, what about like I think this is the first thing that comes to mind for most people is the annual ones, yeah, holidays, yeah, the family family traditions, and so we had one, and I I'd, I'd like just to talk about kind of Christmas slash Saint Nick's Day for our family because that's a unique ritual. Yeah, that was a big uh, one that we kind of chose together yeah, on that our was... own to make a new sort of way of doing things in our family, because it does get complicated. We're going to, our number one thing that we've heard people want to talk about is 
in-laws and how to share holidays with in-laws. And so we, we are going to talk about that. Yeah, And this, this kind of developed this, from that it for did. us. Yeah. It did because it gets complicated when now you're, you know, we lived in one state, both of our sets of parents lived in other states that were far yeah. away. So when it came to Christmas, everybody wanted to be together, but we had to figure out a way to share that. Um, and we, we ended up doing every other year kind of yeah. thing, taking turns. But when we tried to figure out how do we make a special time for us and our kids? Cause for I think our, that's a, yeah, our yeah, family of us origin. are just our small family, um, and not get it lost in the other stuff. If we're gathering with all of my extended family or yeah, my extended um, your family, <laughs> extended family. My extended when, family. When that's like a 50 person yeah. deal. It has gotten big. Um, so, and this is how it came about. I was doing a thing for one of our children's first grade class where I think it was, I think we were preparing for the Christmas party and I decided to do coloring pages for the first graders about some kind of country, you know, different countries, traditions around Christmas. So I naturally decided to look up the ones that had to do with your Dutch heritage mm -hmm. and my Australian heritage. Of course, the Australian coloring page was a fat Santa on the beach because it's summertime <laughs> in Australia for Christmas. Yeah. Um, but the Dutch one, I was intrigued to find this coloring picture of St. Nicholas. I had never heard of the whole St. Nicholas tradition and that, that he was this real guy. And that's kind of yeah. St. Nicholas, Sinterklaas, Santa Claus. That's where it, mm -hmm. where it all, I didn't know that yeah. until I looked that up. And I was looking up the the story, the rituals, the, the traditions around that and how St. Nick's Day and, you know, the saints all have a day. A name day. A na yeah. And it's December fifth for Saint Nicholas, mm -hmm. so that's the is day. It December is it fifth, I think it's, it's a fifth sixth. or sixth. In, it's a depending sixth. on where you, it's on. It's different apparently. Yeah. But anyway, we'll fifth say or the sixth, sixth, early December. Yep. Um, you celebrate Saint Nick, and it's you know the story of Saint Nicholas is that he was a bishop and he was very good-hearted man mm -hmm. and benevolent, mm -hmm. and that he helped people in the community and. Had yeah. something to do with, you know, there are stories the that may or may not be true about girls putting their socks to dry in the window and he put gold into them. And yeah, because they were a widow family with a bunch of girls. And so their shoes were their shoes were on the porch and he would leave gold coins yeah. uh, for them and leave some treats for Which them. Which is what led to the whole stocking thing. Yep. And so I was just it was like such a light bulb moment for me. Um, and then thinking, well, what if we did that on December 5th? With our kids, so they wake up to the shoes filled with treats because St. Nick puts gold coins and candy mm -hmm. and things in your shoes overnight. And who knew and you we... could get gold coin chocolates? Right. You can. And so what if we did that with just our family, um, which would be special, and then we can do our own things with our extended family on December 25th, but has the added benefit of forcing you to do a lot of your shopping before December. <laughs> That's so right. it leaves the time, the advent time to be more less stressful and more quiet because you're not running around buying gifts at the last minute. So yeah. we started that and it's become it's become a thing. And yeah, so it's beneficial because we were able to travel every other year to our the families we grew up in and yet not lose our family time. And it bumped it earlier 
so that we could have our kind of faith focus and not necessarily get caught up in all the commercialism. Mm -hmm. And then the last one, which I thought was really cool, because I think a lot of times parents struggle with what do we do about Santa Claus and uh, lying to our kids Mm -hmm. or um, how do we navigate that? And we were able to have a historical person that we could celebrate in terms of St. Nick and play. uh, But it was being able to talk about the history and the person as well as right. kind of the gift giving and the and the rituals that are around mm-hmm. Christmas and with St. Nicholas. Yeah, with a nice purpose behind them too. Yeah, and it connected to our faith. So it was a win, 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 win for us Yeah, um, that came from Tara doing research. Yeah, so that's been an ongoing thing that we have really enjoyed continuing. Even and- now as we bring new people into the family, our yes. kids get engaged or married and the the extended family gets excited. We and do we uh, go get new wooden shoes with that new person's name engraved on them. Yeah, it's kind of a ritual of welcoming into the family. Once <laughs> uh-huh. you get wooden shoes, you're stuck you're with in. us. You're in. You're not getting out. There's no way to burn those shoes. <laughs> no, the wooden and the your name does not come off the wooden shoes. No. So you're you're stuck with us. Yes, we'll have to put a picture of that in the show notes. Yeah. All of our wooden shoes under the Christmas tree. It's I'll, a little unique. <laughs> yeah, our Dutch family kind of uh, emailed me one time when I put a said picture. That, that wasn't appropriate. They said, yeah, you don't put your wooden <laughs> shoes under the Christmas tree. Uh, it's mixing. It's mixing. A couple yeah, things that things. shouldn't be mixed. And they made a, they, they shared a very powerful metaphor <laughs> yes, they did. to say Which that's the wrong, yeah, that's the wrong <laughs> thing colorful. to do. So, uh, but we have, so for, for us, that was a unique, that brought in culture, faith, but out of a a kind of a developmental necessity of how do we continue to honor our families Mm -hmm. and yet have our own family time. Mm -hmm. And it worked really, really well. And it's still, we're hoping it'll continue on uh, with our kids and if they have kids throughout the generation, because it's really, it's fun and it connects us to meaningful things in our lives. It's that affection and connection. Exactly. I'm going to hold on to that. That is so cool. I know. Um, and then, so other ones that are throughout the year, I think a lot of people have traditions around how they celebrate birthdays. Some people just don't acknowledge them at all. You know, you find that out when you marry somebody, either birthdays were a big deal for their family or not mm-hmm. a big deal. How do you celebrate that? How or, do gifts go? Or, or you can have trauma around your birthday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All kinds yeah. of things. We didn't have a ton of celebrate. I mean, tr- we had celebrations, but we didn't have a lot of ongoing traditions really, except that we did celebrate. We didn't go overboard on gifts. We we tried to focus more on giving events, shared events because we felt like, well, a lot of gifts were coming in from grandparents and friends and stuff. We had enough things. We have a small house and four children. So space is at a premium. (laughs) Yeah. And, and we wanted to move from stuff to relationship given, you know, you know, us with you. So our focus really was on relationships. So I forget, probably when they're in middle school, we started doing birthdays were individual meals. That child would go out with you and I, and they would get to pick the restaurant and we would have individual focus time. And that was the kind of ritual and gift. And it it continues today. Yeah. And the gifts that we we really encouraged our our parents, the kids' grandparents to give was like cash. No. Oh, no, no, no. Not cash. <laughs> like <laughs> they a membership me to the zoo or oh, to the right. museum yeah, or, yeah. you know, like things that we could do together and that were relational but didn't bring more stuff into the house. 
Yeah. yeah. I kept on asking for tuition, things like that, but <laughs> yeah. uh, the zoo membership was nice too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked that. Thankful. I think I liked that way more than the kids liked it, to be honest. <laughs> well, it got you out I kind of the missed the them. zoo days. Yeah. yeah. And, and museums. And mm-hmm. that's the nice thing about where we live in the Chicagoland area. There's plenty of things mm-hmm. to do that's that true. way. Yeah, and it's helpful. So as you, as you think about that, hopefully some of these ideas would be helpful rituals so on a daily weekly annual but there's also life transitions and maybe we can just give a nod to this um and do do it another time there's a lot to be said about this but i think this tips almost into the more rites of passage category um but these are connecting things between in families and between families and cultures and Actually, what we'd like to talk more about someday is that there's really a need for more rites of passage in our culture. Yeah, to mark Be- mark yeah. important transitions. Important transitions. So a few that we identified, you know, starting kind of in order of when they happen is birth, you yeah. know, and, you know, I could do a whole talk just about that, how in a lot of cultures, there are lots of rituals and rites of passage around a child entering the world. Mm-hmm. And I try to encourage parents to think up oh, something. What would you like to do as your ritual when your child takes their first breath like it's really sacred these life transitions are sacred moments and it helps us as humans to have some sort of way to mark that or or make you know honor the how sacred that is oh that's interesting because i hadn't you went to that place i was thinking about once we had one child adding another having birth that we had kind of some rituals around the 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 existing child giving a gift to yeah, the, the, the welcoming, of the, the welcoming of the new child rather than that new birth taking away something from mm-hmm. the existing child that there's a contribution. And so we did some gifts that the, the older sibling would be involved in getting a gift and giving it to the baby as they came into the family. Mm-hmm. Um, we did have the baby give gifts to the child though but our kids were smart enough to go wait yeah <laughs> that thing just came out didn't wait when did they go to walmart <laughs> between the hospital and home yeah yeah yes but yes there there's a lot of rites of passage that center around preparing for and welcoming a new person in your family however mm-hmm. that comes about adoption birth like whatever way a new person enters a family that's there should be rites yeah. of passage. It's it's a sacred moment as you grow your family. So we we love to see more of those. And and we'd love be- to hear more about some cultural things around yeah. time of birth. And it becomes it becomes the story, right? It becomes the narrative. So then it's this special grounding spot to tell the story of you've you've entered the world i think it was city slickers we that movie back in the mm. 80s where billy uh, crystal wakes up to his, his mom, mom calling the at 431 it was 431 and she tells the whole story and uh he rolls his eyes for most of it but you can also see a, a tenderness because that's the that's the ritual that's the connection mm-hmm. to family life and part of his story yeah and i think what gets forgotten too is that when a child enters a family, there's also the birth of the parent in a new way. So a lot of cultures do a, a really good job of um, rituals around new motherhood, especially mm. like um, a lot of families that I know their parent will fly in from, especially China, some countries like that mm-hmm. do a really good job of that. The mother just, even Comes. if she has a yeah, she comes for months mm-hmm. and takes care of the new mother and has hmm. special foods around that. How and... does the dad feel about that? 
Well, sometimes they both come. I don't know. Every family does it differently, but yeah. we just don't have much at all around that, mm-hmm. uh, around ha- becoming new parents and the rituals around that. I think cigars, right? Or chocolate. Cigars and baby showers. Or and chocolate bars that are pink or blue. Or yeah. that was back in the 90s again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we we need to hear more about that from you. Yes. And ways that we can create some of those things. So next, after the baby's here, I, I mean, the first thing I thought of is that a lot in a lot of faith traditions, there's sacrament of baptism or dedication of a child or something like that, that enters the child into the faith community. Mm-hmm. So there's, that's a ritual that yeah. often happens that, that people feel is really important for their child becoming part of something bigger than themselves. That's right. And there's clothing around it. There's parties, there's food, there's all kinds there's of- There's food. There's food. It's so good. <laughs> there's a cake. That's right. And and being able to kind of connect, not just to the family, but connect to the faith community over history, mm-hmm. that there's this long time connection, that yeah. it's been a, a ritual that's been happening for generation upon generation. So there's this connection to the family you're in, but this connection to the faith community you're the faith in. community, And then just eons of time mm-hmm. that these things have been passed down. Yeah. So I, sometimes I think we the danger is we do these rituals without really thinking about them. And mm-hmm. I, I want us to mm, kind of challenge, <laughs> challenge ourselves of rather than as, Oh, that's just something we do, but to really be purposeful to mm-hmm. think about, okay, so what, what is this about? And it can have lots of different meanings, but what's the story you're going to tell to your child or that's going to continue on that connects to the memory, the belonging, the sense of agency that these rituals are supposed to have. Um, and there's there's lots of them. I mean, within our faith tradition, there's baptism, there's communion, there's marriage, there's these these wonderful grounding kind of developmental mm-hmm. as well as uh, faith kind of relationship. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good point. It's a good it's a good thing to think about what all those things mean and why we keep doing them. Yeah. I never thought much about. Well, we'll get to weddings, but what we do in our weddings, in our culture, like, you know, from wearing white to all the bridesmaids wearing the same color to, you know, throwing a bouquet. There's all kinds of things that we all do just because that's what everybody does. Yeah. And it's a good photo op. (laughs) It's It's good to think about the meanings behind those and make it like... Meaningful. So, so what was the meaning about us shoving cake in each other's face? <laughs> I think we agreed not to do that and then okay. we still did it. <laughs> yeah. I if I remember right, who started that? <laughs> Is that where we're gonna go? <laughs> How about we get back to uh, Okay. Uh coming of age. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk that's about that. That's another big age. rite of passage that maybe we focused on more. You've already known if you've listened to any of our podcasts, we one of the first things we wanted to talk about was adolescence. Woohoo! <laughs> Somehow that's something we, uh, just we have love adolescence. found as an important part of the human experience. But there's a lot of there's a lot of um, cultural traditions around the coming of age, the coming into the next, into adulthood yeah. or Either whatever. Entering, entering adolescence or ex- exiting adolescence, kind of moving from childhood mm-hmm. into that or out of it. Uh, cultures have a lot of good rituals around that. Yeah. And there's some that are not so good, honestly. There's a lot of cultures that have some things that, you know, yeah. that involve marking the body and stuff that can be painful that just are passed down that maybe. We need don't to need question. to be continued. Yeah. yeah. Um, so <laughs> we did try to create some things in our family that you know it didn't now, involve. No, there was the no, 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 no marking of the no. body. 
Um, but we did start starting with our first one and continued it with all four of them when they turned 13. I think that's right. 13, I think, because we thought when they become a teenager, it's kind of entering this new phase where we kind of gave them a bit more of a leash, a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, more freedom and responsibility and wanted to help them like understand this new responsibility and this new kind of entering the beginning of adulthood. So we had all the people that were important in their life, the adults, like uh, my siblings, your siblings, the grandparents, any like youth pastor, somebody important to them in their life um, would write a letter. And we put these letters all in a book with pictures of those people and the letter from that person kind of telling them what they thought was important about becoming an adult and how they, you know, their pieces of advice. Yeah. So they all have this booklet somewhere. Hopefully they all still look at it. it. But it was kind of our way of trying to gather and impart because honestly, some of those people that are in their books are no longer living on the earth. Yeah. So it was a special time to collect their personal thoughts and. Yeah. The wisdom Mm -hmm. and the kind of speaking into their lives, uh, precious things, Mm -hmm. which I think at the time we, we liked the idea, but I don't think we realized how important it was mm-hmm. not just as a, a ritual, but a connection to relationships. Yeah. Cause we also asked them to kind of give a blessing, you know, like yeah. what would be my hope for you as you grow up. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I yeah. kind of like to look at those. Now. I know let's go, we'll crawl <laughs> in the attic after this and look for them. Uh, there's, uh, so that was 13. We also did one at 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, that was so much fun. I think I kind of got more excited about that one. So you were excited about the letter book. I was exp- excited about the experiential learning. So yeah. we built a kind of scavenger hunt with their friends and had, when they were turning 16, divided them up into teams and uh, had, I, I kind of geeked out a little bit and I had a cognitive task and an emotional task and a relational (laughs) task and socially awkward tasks. And we put them all around town Uh and they had to kind of go. And the whole point of the the rituals where they were connected to some form of development that was happening in their body, their mind, their yeah. relationships. We may overthink these things. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but they had a ton of fun that we got them disposable cameras. They took yeah. pictures. They had to prove each task that they did. They had to take a picture of it. And yeah, that was before they had all had cell yeah, phones. No, they had to talk to strangers. Mm-hmm. We gave them buffs. They had like, uh, they were aware, like the green team sort of and like the red you know, the team. The TV show Survivor were kind yeah. of in that era where that was in a, a popular show. So they had their team colors and they ran around town. And, and do you remember where they ended? At the pizza place. Yeah, because we're, why? Because boys are hungry. And we always do rituals <laughs> around <Have> food. food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was that was a lot Although of fun. Although Annika's too, we did the three boys, and then Annika's birthday is in January, so we did hers in the mall, which we did the girls the did appreciate. Yeah. And yeah, I think there was yeah that yeah it was in the mall. Yeah, <laughs> and we still ended at a restaurant. Yeah, oh, that did. was a good restaurant too. Yeah, that, that was, was a good restaurant. Yeah. Uh, so we we had these activities that tried to mark time but would be celebratory. It was celebrating that they were having these changes. And it, it goes back to yeah. kind of the episodes of embracing the weird and um, the things that we talked about before that it's a special time. It's not a problematic time. It's a, it's a unique uh, opportunity to celebrate them. And so we built, built that in and was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Tried to launch them into the new phase and reassure ourselves that we were going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of, there's a lot of countries that, that have different ages that are the special coming of age that we see kids around town mm-hmm. all, all the time doing their quinceanera. 
And I know Man, in Australia, those are big dresses. yeah, they wear the pretty dresses and wow. take pictures and have a big party. And uh, in Australia, twenty-one is the big thing. You a get a key, of... like there's a key to the house kind of thing. Like there's a whole. Oh thing really? About key. Yeah. I was going to say a lot of drinking. Is that not Australia? No, I think they. That's just that's yeah. judgmental on my part. Yeah, and that's more the American tradition when you turn <laughs> twenty-one. Um, yeah. Yeah, so kind of other a few others that, that we thought of that are really typical is any graduation. Like, usually you think of a college graduation or a high school graduation as a big transition into a new life phase, and there's a lot of celebrations mm-hmm. around that, and different families have their own traditions centered around that. But it's gotten a little, we think, a little out of hand with the kindergartners wearing caps and gowns, oh, too. yeah. <laughs> so, but it's usually marking some sort of change, some sort of leap into a new phase of life and people people are generous in celebrating that usually giving you know kids graduating from high school maybe you know um, laundry baskets and things kind of denoting their new things they're going to have to independence they're going to have to take care of well and then kind of getting to the end of life uh, we have rituals around death and funerals and that was a big part of my life uh, so, uh, for those of you that don't know, I grew up as a funeral director's son and, uh, we didn't live in the funeral home, but we played in the funeral home a <laughs> lot. And so, uh, Tara and I often joke around that I have a really strange relationship with death, but it was because of familiarity and because of rituals of the, the idea of flowers and, uh, having a wake or, uh, being able to, uh, be present and say goodbye to the loved one that has died. Uh, And I saw my dad help with kids with their grief in terms of drawing pictures and leaving it in the casket or leaving little mementos of kind of that connection Mm -hmm. and the loss and the grief and how we build, build um, ways of talking about that. Cause I think one of the things that are important with rituals, especially around death is making it accessible and having meaning. I, I think a lot of times there's so much fear and there's so much trying to avoid it that we don't talk about it. We shelter and don't spend um, the rituals to kind of honor it. And I think uh, other cultures have really good rituals around mm-hmm. honoring their dead, honoring the, the life that was lived. And it's almost a celebration. Uh, mm-hmm. There's grief and there's sadness, but it's celebrating a life well lived however long. And so pictures and um, storytelling, I mean, uh, we have an Irish friend and he tells us about Irish wakes and kind of the celebration of uh, kind of laughing, but also tearing up about uh, how important that person was in our lives and we're going to miss them, but they also have Mm -hmm. left that peace with us. Yeah. And in the Jewish tradition, sitting with the family. Yeah. Shiva. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I think you're right. We we do hold it at arm's length in our culture and have a lot of fear. And so it becomes mysterious and even more fearful. And so the yeah, we need more of those rituals that we embrace so that we keep because it's about the connection with the people who are left behind as yeah. well yeah. and continuing the stories because mm-hmm. that's where the stories happen. Yeah. When you're celebrating that life, everybody's, "Oh, remember when they did that?" and then those stories get continued on. So we miss mm-hmm. an opportunity to Kind of continue that yeah. person's legacy to honor and and mm-hmm. remember. So, mm-hmm. so this has been a, a little bit about ritual, family rituals, a little bit about uh, tradition, kind of uh, tra- life transitions. Um, hopefully, you have some ideas that you'll yeah, share with us. Spark some new ideas, and also some you'd like to share with us because we'd love to hear them. 
Um, but I always tell my families who just had a new baby that kids love ritual, that some structure is your friend. And we really believe that. That's one thing that kind of gave us some, some I don't know, some predictability and mm -hmm. some things to hold on to in our family. And hopefully now that our kids are adults, there's something to look back to is oh, we always did this and we maybe want to continue some of these things with our kids. So we hope you'll think of some new ideas and have a good time sharing them with your family. Yeah. Have fun with your rituals. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to With You Podcast. We hope you had a good time, had fun, learned something. We would love for you, if you enjoyed this or if you're wanting to give it another try, to like and subscribe. Yeah, and we hope you'll follow what we're doing at withyoupodcast.com and come back for more.